In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Some look at the snake and say, there's no adversary here. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it, it was good, right? Part of creation. Don't try and put this one on the snake. You don't need to be saved from anything. You just have a little growing up to do. That's one way to tell the story. But, but the Israelites didn't see it that way. The prophets, major and minor, didn't see it that way. The Ukrainian ambassador to the UN didn't see it that way in his address to the Security Council this past Wednesday. It's worth reading. No. Lucifer betrayed and rebelled. Humanity in turn betrayed and rebelled against God, and the brokenness was begun. Banished we were from the presence and justice of God, sentenced to die, no longer free to eat from the tree of souls in the midst of the garden. Jesus' whole reason to be is to right the wrongs of the fall, to re-narrate the history of the world in a way that the goodness of creation might prevail and the fullness of God's kingdom emerge. The Messiah must retreat to the wilderness and endure temptation if the lies and deception of Eden are to be reversed. Full of the Holy Spirit, the Gospel lesson begins. Full of the Holy Spirit, Jesus returned from the Jordan and 40 days was led by the Spirit up and down in the wilderness. You know, it's easy to read over those words, almost as if it were preamble to the, to the meat of the story. Full of the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit up and down. But this telling, this telling asks you to remember the days when Adam and Eve once walked with God in the cool of the evening, up and down in the garden. Here, the conversation of a father with a son, a mother with a daughter, the teaching, the sharing, the intimacy, the silence, the love. Jesus is being prepared, no doubt, but the reader is also witnessing a retelling of the past. A retelling that means to reform the present and reshape the future. It's no accident that the adversary leads with the offer of food. The offer of bread substitutes for the offer of fruit. In the former times, your first parents ate of that fruit to their own judgment and yours, but in the fullness of time. The Messiah chooses to break open the Word of God, His heart's desire, and yours. Then, all this dominion will I give to you, 
Now you've seen this temptation before as well. In, in Eden, all of the earth was given into your care. Stewards you were, until the days of Cain, the architecture of Babel led the generations of Noah to forsake creation care and succumb to the temptation of dominion. But as the Messiah looks the devil in the eye, he forsakes rule by domination. And the past is reformed in favor of the new creation. Next, from the temple parapet, throw yourself down and God will send his angels to hold you and carry you. Echoing the serpents, surely you will not die. Another lie, Jesus does die. He, he takes on the sentence of death meant for you and meant for me. And as Jesus looks away from the devil and his lie, the curse of Eden begins to loosen its grip on your life and mine. Still, having been made one with his body in baptism, you must also watch these days of the wilderness and temptation, realizing they are your own. The body of Christ is not merely the spiritual communion of saints or the church assembled in prayer or the bond you share with the faithful nature. It is these to be sure, but this body of Christ is also his very body, flesh and blood. He thirsts, you thirst. You hunger, he hungers. In the former times, apart from Christ, you knew only how to act as one banished from Eden. Now, in Christ, you are learning to rebuke the adversary. Be gone. You shall do homage to the Lord your God and worship Him alone. God is working to reform your life and to mold it after the mind of His Son. And yet, though this gift is precious and singular, the world resists. Why? I, I might stand and serve the lost, but I would rather they serve me. I, I might stand and call the world to the peace of Christ. Instead, I go about the day turning a blind eye to the violence and suffering all around. The, the task seems too immense. The cost immeasurable. What a terrible thing. To be a member of the body of Christ and yet to work against his heart. To work nearly as the adversary himself works to woo the body of our Lord from his single-minded service of the kingdom to the single-minded service of me. That Jesus would seek to remake the world, to reshape the world in spite of its resistance, is incomprehensible. The good news he brings and lives is healing and terrifying and dangerous and outrageous all at the same time. This story 
that presumes to retell the past, to reform the present, and redirect the future. This story that seeks to reshape your life, it begins with the acknowledgement that you are lost. If you'd begun to believe that the departure from Eden was simply a matter of learning to grow up spiritually, learning to grow up intellectually, the gospel of Jesus Christ will shatter your every sensibility. This gospel, it will not let you imagine a God who, without anger, brought a humanity without sin into a kingdom without judgment through the work of Christ without the cross. The retelling and unraveling of the curse that we see in the wilderness today, this retelling, it means to heal the world. And it's going to continue throughout the days of his passion and resurrection. I say, walk with him, hour by hour this Lent, mindful of Lucifer's lies, and mindful of the temptation of Christ that begins to reverse it all. Though angels once stood sentry to keep you and me from the tree of souls, now that the serpent's head is bruised and Christ has climbed the tree of life, Lazarus, who once was poor, bids you and me to the gates of heaven, to the dawn of the new creation. Amen.